6: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour two on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, spirited first hour on the program. We'll talk to Chris Fowler. He's hosting the Heisman Awards ceremony coming up tonight. Also, we'll check in with Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network analyst, uh, analyst and uh, he also works for the Chargers. He does, he's the uh, analyst for their games how uh, how good is that job opening there? It appears to be. I think it's a great opening because I have my quarterback. At least I believe I have my quarterback. I have some star players under contract, and I can kind of ease into the season. If I go eight and eight, you know that's not a bad season with the Chargers. But um, you know, it feels like you're 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 kind of blanketed by the, the Dodgers and the Lakers, even the Rams in there, like USC football, and then it's the Chargers. So you can sort of be off the radar, go in, take over a team, and then you get a little bit more leeway. Urban Meyer goes to Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. You're going to want to see results right away because it's Urban Meyer and it's Trevor Lawrence. But I think the Chargers is a great opening here. The Jets worry me because I start with, from the top down, and I just don't know about Woody Johnson as an owner. It just feels like the infrastructure there is still a little fragile, and that would make me nervous. What am I doing with Sam Darnold with the number two pick overall? You start to look at these coaching vacancies. There's a reason why there are coaching vacancies. You know, the Texans, the infrastructure there bothers me. I got Deshaun Watson. Everybody keeps saying, you got Deshaun Watson. What else do I have? Laramie Tunsil, and that's it? J.J. Watt won't be there next year? Like, who are they? What are they? Detroit, what do I have? Do I want Matthew Stafford? What else do I have to build around? Does anybody care about... Like, it's one thing to be bad. Like, the Bengals were bad, but they were relevant because of Joe Burrow. You can be bad, but still relevant. That, That people are fascinated with watching you play. Detroit nobody's fascinated. There's no interest there. There's no pulse. You know, if they had taken Tua and then had that him as the future, like that, you know, then you got something that's maybe a little exciting. Matthew Stafford may go to the Hall of Fame, but you're not getting excited about Matthew Stafford there. You know, Atlanta. Uh, is Julio Jones going to be there? Matt Ryan, do you want Matt Ryan there at his age? What is he, 35 going on 36? You know, I think the Saints are a sneaky team to keep an eye on. Do they do anything in the quarterbacking situation? I can't imagine that Taysom Hill is going to be a starting quarterback next year. Now, maybe because Sean Payton uh, knows a whole lot of football. Drew Brees is going to be working for NBC. Is Jameis Winston going to be, you know, a possible starter there? Or, you know, do they soon? Uh, understand this. A couple of years ago... They were drafting Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City went up and got him. And Sean Payton has said this to us. And they got Lattimore, who was a great player. They were taking taking Patrick Mahomes. Part of the history of the NFL would be rewritten if you, I mean, imagine that. Patrick Mahomes would be behind Drew Brees. He wouldn't have an MVP. He wouldn't have a Super Bowl. Or if he has a Super Bowl, it might be with the Saints. You never know when it comes to draft day. Because if you're a GM, an owner, a coach, why would you ever tell anybody what you're thinking? I would tell you what I'm not thinking of doing. Not, hey, you know who we really like? Because you can't trust any of us. When you tell us, we want to tell somebody. Hey, don't tell anybody, but. How many times have you been told that? Hey, do not tell anybody, but. And then what do you do? You tell somebody. And then you say to them, hey, you didn't get it from me. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, but don't tell anybody. And then that person does the same thing. And then they do the same thing. And that's how these stories get out. Hey, you know what I'm hearing? Urban Meyer, $12 million. Okay. And then all of a sudden, insiders are refuting that. He's not getting $12 million. Okay. I don't know. I know that Texas was offering him $10 million. I was told that over the weekend. $10 million. Turned that down. $12 million? I don't know. Chad Khan, you want him? $12 million. You know, Bill Belichick, nobody knows what he makes. But there are guesstimates that he's around twenty million dollars a year. <laughs> Just wow. Yeah, I thought it was like eleven. Well, wow. Sources close to me tell me that Bill, you know, they they don't say what he's making. A
4: lot of sweatshirts.
6: Yeah. <laughs> no, he only needs one. Oh, <laughs> you see
4: that thing he had on the other day it was like a. It was almost like a spandex, uh, coach's long sleeve. It was a terrible look for him. He's not in that bad of shape or anything.
6: Is that the kind of thing that you wear when you're a wrestler and you go into the steam room to lose weight? It's like Fritzy's NYU zip-up from yesterday.
4: It shows (laughs) a lot of uh,
7: undulation.
6: Mm. It's funny. He
7: left that number out when he was talking about, uh, hey, we sold out the last couple of years. We spent all of our money doing all this other stuff. Now there's nothing left. Uh, What do you want from me?
6: Uh, Joe Judge uh, lays into the Eagles. And uh, we spent some time in the first hour talking about that. Um, the NFL firings, the Heisman awarded tonight. McCleven, what's the poll question? I got way ahead of myself. I was all fired up about uh, the sanctimony of everybody yesterday and today about what happened with the Eagles' quarterbacking situation.
5: So we've been working on a poll that will annoy you enough to get your mind off of Joe Judge. <laughs> all right. It started off with, which Matt would you want? Next year, Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford that you were talking about with Ian Rappaport last segment. 35 for Ryan, 32 for Stafford. Mm. Morphed into which actor would you rather be, Matt Damon or Matthew McConaughey? Got hot and heavy over here
4: because that's a, that's a tougher argument than you'd think.
5: Hmm. Then it morphed into which role played by a Matt would you want the most? Ferris Bueller, Matthew Broderick, Matt Perry as Chandler <laughs> Bing and Friends, Matt Damon, Goodwill Hunting, Matthew McConaughey is Waterson, of course. Or for Paulie, Matthew Modine is the wrestler in Vision Quest. Oh, good call. Mm. Matt Dillon, something about Mary. Oh, mm. and Matt Dillon, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah.
7: Flamingo cool.
6: Kid also no, with well. Janet Jones. Yeah. Outsiders. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. He did some things.
4: Matt Damon has had a great run. Or Matt Matt Dillon's had
6: a great run. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: Do you want me to circle back to Ryan and Stafford? <laughs> no, because
6: I don't even care about that. <laughs> Like I don't I don't want either one of them
8: really you don't you don't think there's something left in the tank for those guys I'm sure there is but
6: I you know if I'm a Lions fan and you go Matthew Stafford's coming back it doesn't change my day if you say I'm a Falcons fan and I, I got Matt Ryan coming back it doesn't change my day at all at all and they might be going to the Hall of Fame I just I, it, it doesn't quicken the pulse.
5: What if I told you there's a new movie with Matt Damon coming out on Netflix? <laughs> Would that quick in the book the ball? No, not what if, really.
7: What if Matt Damon played Matt Ryan in a
4: biopic? Okay. No. So McConaughey back in 13, Dan, did... uh, What's that movie where he takes all his clothes off?
6: Dallas Buyers Club? No,
4: he didn't. In 2012, he does Magic Mike, and he was getting critiqued for being, you know, Pretty Boy and baseless movies. Mm. McLovin just said it was a good movie. And then he... Magic
5: went- Mike, Steven Soderbergh. That's a well-reviewed movie. Huh.
4: And then he did Dallas Buyers Club in two thir- 2013 and changed
7: everything. Yeah,
6: I'd still take Matt Damon. Matt Damon's involved in a lot of projects as well. He's not just an, an actor, but I, I like McConaughey's lifestyle, but Matt Damon, I'd probably take the career of Matt Damon. You he, like playing pool with people watching?
5: That's what you mean by his lifestyle? Who, Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, McConaughey. Remember that commercial that he oh, used to make fun of? That Chrysler commercial? Is that what it was?
7: What's this bull doing in this road? It, it, it,
6: <laughs> I, it was like, you don't have to be on an acid trip here. When you're cool, you don't need air conditioning. It's, this isn't Jim Morrison in the doors. <laughs> it's like, he's playing pool, and then he gets in his car, and then he leaves. The driveway is awesome, though. It is. The place is crippled. But I don't know if it's his, because... All those other people are still at his house, like he's leaving his house. That's how cool he is. He leaves a party at his own house. <laughs> these I got to be with these losers. Rah, rah, rah. These seats recline all the way. And then he he's on the road, and then there's a, the cattle or whatever that. It is. happens
8: from time to time. The cattle show up right there in the middle of the highway. I know,
6: but it's not going to make me buy the car. Probably not. It shouldn't. Like you're selling a car, and if you go, hey, you want this lifestyle? You want, you want to have a party and play pool by yourself and then leave? No. Do you want to drive and there's a, a bison in the middle of the road? No.
4: Analog brakes and weed is all I need. <laughs> you know what one he's great at,
7: though, of the lifestyle that's different? You ever see the wild turkey commercial he's in? And there's like this crazy party going on in the middle of a field somewhere. And all of a sudden they like pull up on the piano and it's Matthew McConaughey playing. And the guy <laughs> served. He's like, thanks, buddy. Gets his drink. You're like, yeah, dude, I'll go to that party. That looks awesome. Got lights hanging all over the place. Some, like, jazz playing. It's great.
6: Sometimes I forget what I'm, you know, when you watch a commercial, I don't know what they're selling. And then it always dawns on me where you go, oh, that's right, they're selling insurance. But, But I don't, at the time, I go, have you seen that commercial? I don't, but I don't know what they're selling. So I don't know if they're doing their job in the product that they're selling. As much as what's that Doug and that stupid emu or whatever that thing is. Insurance. Liberty.
4: Liberty insurance. Those are bad. And they've committed to that. They've story really,
6: Well, they thought, hey, you know, uh, they, they, whatever. They're trying to get that Geico thing going. Yeah. Out. Like, hey, we got a talking uh, frog here. You got to kind of have
7: a gimmick to make salamander ins- to make insurance sounds interesting, you know, like. But they're
6: not even funny. If Flo- they're trying. Flo is crushing. That. I like Flo. Flo is crushing. I think Flo is great. I, I do. I think Flo has that 15 minutes of fame. She's extended it. I think Flo is doing a great job. And I even like the woman in the AT&T commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm not sure
7: that for some reason I'm obsessed with the uh, word of mouth advertising. That's what they did before commercials. Yeah. And then she tilts, and her then head. tilts her head. And like, <laughs> like what just happened there? Yeah, I know.
5: What, McLovin? <laughs> Remember how annoyed you'd get at that commercial where Aaron Rodgers, agent, couldn't do his job? You're like, why does he keep hiring yes. him? Yes. <laughs> and he
4: finally got rid of him, and now he's the MVP. Yes. It, uh, apples and oranges, no. It
5: happened.
6: I'd been saying it forever. This is Aaron Rodgers. You it,
4: said it to him last year when we had him on the show. You said, like, get rid of that agent, you'll be back. I said, you got to fire that guy. He's not any good. Look at the Packers now.
6: And then Aaron goes, it's a commercial. I didn't know, but the perception <laughs> is... Aaron Rodgers hired this guy as his agent. And I, you know, therefore, I thought that maybe his career was over. And I was all in favor of drafting Jordan Love just based off who his agent You're was.
4: Right. You're in Jake from State Farm, you win the MVP.
6: I mean, Jake is jacked. I mean, he's on performance-enhancing drugs, whoa, but whoa. it's okay, allegedly. Remember I asked Rodgers that: Is Jake on performance? <laughs> he, and, and Rodgers said he was going to look into it. He's not sure either. <laughs> yes, McLeod. Meanwhile, Chris Paul needs a home
5: security system. Okay,
6: how does he let Alfonso Rivera or whatever get back in his house all these times, and then Chris Paul acts like, how did he get here?
5: You keep letting him in somehow. And Jake's always standing there, too. I don't know what's
6: going on in that house. I got to get simply safe for Chris Paul to put in his house to keep – that guy out alfonso and his son
8: was like outside with with the basketball there was like a weird moment there where oh, yeah. that, that freaks me out a little bit like he's pretending to be his dad at some point don't you call the cops really need to
6: yeah that's i mean come on chris that's once again now now i got questions about chris paul as my uh you know my floor general come on chris what are you doing yeah, that guy's always in here he's he's creepy He's outside. He's knocking stuff down. He's breaking
5: stuff. Yes, we can. I was actually really disappointed that you don't like the ads where the guy explains how not to be your father.
8: I <laughs> love those. No, they're those okay. The they're okay. They're okay.
6: Like, I'm mildly amused really? at that. Really? Yeah, mildly we amused. With all the
8: pillows on the couch? Or she's like, I'm going to have a big lunch and just a light snack. For dinner. Oh, we're not going to do that in the store. We're not going to be on our speakerphone, are we? I think those <laughs> are fantastic.
6: They're good.
4: They just rolled out some new ones. They, they're going to go with that bit
6: for a while. Yeah, they're funny. But the the Doug and the emu or whatever that is, Lemu, emu and dug. That's not good. <laughs> it's just not good. It's it's not. And it and I'm not saying the acting. I'm just saying the premise of whatever that is not funny. All right. Welcome to the program. Already in progress, as you can tell. We are also that right. had the same energy, by the way, as your uh, eagles take. They might right jo- there. It was the same anger. You just rank. channeled it through commercials. Okay. Here's the other thing. <laughs> Tanya Roberts was a famous actress, very beautiful woman. She was with Charlie's Angels. James. She was a Bond girl. She was big in the 80s. Beautiful woman. And, uh, you know, the word came out, she passed away. And then upon further review, she didn't pass away. Now, she's she's really in... She's upon further review. <laughs> yeah, upon further review. Upon further review, Tanya Roberts is not dead. A lot. Yeah. First down. Um... <laughs> but she's not in. She's not in good health. But, but I guess they thought she was dying or had died, and then her rep put out something, and and then we were wondering about this: if you could not die, but know how people are going to react to you dying eventually, like, would you want to know what people are going to say about you after you're gone? Because, I, I mean, to be you know totally insensitive, Tanya Roberts knows what people are going to say about her, you know, when she dies, because. These tributes that like two days of that. Now I don't want to be on the verge, the precipice of of dying to then find out. But if you announce that I had died. So
8: leak it to TMZ. We know the TMZ.
6: Yeah, guys. just just send it out to uh to Harvey Levin that uh you believe I've died.
8: So you could be in good health and appreciate yes. the good and the bad of what people are yeah. saying about you for a period of time.
4: Yes. Because Van Pelt's gonna do a whole thing.
6: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, he would do something. Uh, Rinaldi, that might be his first piece at Fox. Right. Oh, nice. Um, You know Samantha Guthrie on Today Show. She loves my voice. So. Barkley
4: would mention you definitely on the TNT
6: show. Reggie. Reggie. Milner. Reggie. Yeah, Reggie. That's big. That's yeah. some
4: good yeah. coverage. Yeah.
6: yeah. Um, But then I would be able to find out, like, what is being said about that. Would you guys be interested in knowing that? See, Do you want to know what Costa says at your eulogy? No. You don't? Oh. I don't want Constance there. You don't? No. Okay. No, because then it's Bob Costas at my funeral. Right. Oh. You don't no. want that? No. Neil Everett can get up there.
7: Bartender Jack.
6: <laughs>
8: cool as the rule.
6: <laughs> yes, Paul. If you, don't hire,
4: <laughs> if you don't hire Oberman to do your eulogy, uh, he'll be mad. Well, for he's him. gone. He, he's, he's already
6: mad. Yeah, he's showing up. Yeah,
4: he's perpetually angry. But if you don't hire him to do your eulogy, he do. might already have it written. Yes, he might. <laughs> Dan, I've uh, GP, done four
6: pages. GP. GP. I don't need prompter. <laughs> 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 yes, Todd. That's harsh. Thank you, Todd. <sighs> but
8: but see, you you do run the risk though if you know, if there's someone that you really like and respect and care about that may open up and say something horribly negative that goes with the territory. It may not all be flowers and bouquets. They and,
6: usually don't say negative things they you They don't, but
8: what if there's that one person that you just always loved and admired and they just, in an honest moment, say, yeah, let's not make that big a deal about it.
6: <laughs> that, that sounds like it might be you. <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, we, we, we're getting out of the uh, you know, love and like. No, we're friends. Like. Right, no, we're, we're love, but the like needs to be improved on. I
6: like, said to Todd, would he want to know what people say about him? Because I think your eulogy should just be every corny Mock headline and/or sports-related <laughs> names that you do around the holidays, and that's it. Just just have people come up there and they do like ten of them, and then somebody comes up and does ten, and then and that's all. They Specifically,
8: don't... morbid names or could be no. Anything?
6: Oh well, could we do sports-related names that have to do with death,
8: like Jerry Kill or something? Yeah. like that. <laughs> Former SIU <laughs> coach, yeah. Good call. <laughs> Pat Die, I guess. Yeah, would you? There you
6: go. Like, could could we do that? Could. More, what is it, uh, McLevitt, Mortician Anderson? Yeah, boy, Mort right. Anderson.
8: But the Tom Greve? Yes, you Indians, could do basically. Tom
6: Greve, yeah, yeah. Chris
5: forward. Mortician could break the story, yeah. Chris Mortensen, yeah.
6: Yeah, I don't know. Ah, this was a little more fun uh, than talking about Joe Judge. I, I had to get off that topic after a while. I'll get back on the topic, because I know you want to talk about it. But, uh, yeah, I just... Uh, Joe Judge should worry about the Giants. That's all. Just worry about the Giants. You went through a lot this season. So did every other team. So did doctors and frontline workers and those people as well. But uh, you won six games. I would, uh, and and I know, I've heard from Giants fans saying, look, he's saying that to Giants fans. He's getting the Giants fans pumped up. You know, the players know, hey, you're going to rally behind him. I get it. I get all these things. That's why when, you know, I've had people say, is Joe Judge really like that? I don't know Joe Judge. From what I'm told, that's Joe Judge. He sounds like he's out of a movie. But, you know, what happened in Philadelphia? They have to deal with their own. You know, Doug Peterson, you made a decision for whatever reason. Explain that to your team. You don't have to explain it to me because I'm not going to believe what you say to me. you got to say it to your team. Joe Judge, how about you win more in six games? Then you don't have to worry about who Philadelphia is playing in the final game of the season. And to the NFL, get used to more of these situations because your greed is leading to another week of games that could be a lot more meaningless games and situations where you don't have teams playing their starters. It's going to continue, and they'll have even more. I was worried about 15, 16, you know, those weeks. Now you add another one? Imagine if we had one more week of games. Nate Sudfeld probably get a full start, wouldn't he? <laughs> he's going to start. Is what he's going to get. Uh this just in from TMZ. Tanya Roberts has passed away. So, they were off by a couple of days. Uh she died. Uh I think she was 65 years of age. But uh wonderful career. All right, we'll take a break here. Chris Fowler is going to join us. And uh, he's hosting the Heisman Trophy ceremony coming up tonight. More uh, phone calls as well. It's 21 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching
2: FSR
6: More phone calls coming up.
5: McLevin, what's the poll question? I actually did put up which Matt would you want next year, <laughs> Ryan or Stafford. And Ryan has the early lead, which I'm surprised because he's older. What is he, three or four years older yeah. than Stafford? I just think he has a lot more goodwill than Stafford because he's one, although the, Stafford arguably is more talented. Is it? Uh, I don't know.
6: I kind of put him in this same hopper there. But, uh, you know, four year age difference is big. Uh, Chris Fowler is going to be hosting. The Heisman again tonight for the uh, 27th consecutive year. Chris will be hosting, and uh, showtime is at 7 Eastern on the mothership. And then Chris heads to Miami to call the national title game Monday at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Chris joining us from the uh, lovely confines of uh, Bristol, Connecticut. People have heard about Bristol, Connecticut over the years, over the decades, Chris. For those who have never been able to go to Bristol, Connecticut, could you give us a snapshot of Bristol, Connecticut right now on a Tuesday morning?
10: Dan, I know much more about the campus than the actual town of Bristol because as you know, it sits right on the edge of Southington, right on the uh, the DMZ between those two towns. <laughs> so I, uh, I can tell you all about the campus, which I haven't been to in a couple of years, by the way, this is my initial visit here. So every time you come, there's a new building. It's very quiet, very deserted, very spooky, but it's gleaming and beautiful. And I tell you, they did a hell of a job. I was a little bit skeptical. You take the Heisman out of that intimate setting in New York, and obviously, it's a virtual ceremony. Past winners will be on screens as well, as the finalists. But they did a hell of a job dressing up the studio, which I think has the, the Fantasy League show <laughs> normally in it. They've, they've blocked that off, and they got a beautiful-looking room uh, for this kind of one-time-only Home of the Heisman.
6: Can you give us a, a look out the window there? Do
10: you really want to look at the view here?
6: <laughs> yeah, I think just – now, th- This is is this the Radisson Hotel, or has it been renamed? It is now the The Doubletree. The Doubletree. I asked for, and they gave me a room with a very special view. Okay, now that's the elevator testing shaft. Yeah, this isn't is
10: the it? this is where this is the Otis elevator building here, where they it's tall building in the middle of these hills where they run the elevator up and down to test them. We have a construction; I don't know what's going on, but they're building something over here, and you can see the parking lot's rather empty. So that that is your snapshot. Thank you. Of the 06010 you asked for. Do you remember your first day on campus? Yeah, absolutely. I looked about eleven. Um, I was going to do a high school sports show called Scholastic Sports America. I had been a fan of the network since it signed on in, in 79. So this is 86 when I arrived and they're like, who is this kid, you know, walking around in a t-shirt. And you know, I, I was like, there was Berman, there's Lee, there's Tom Neese. These were the early guys that, you know, I, I stayed up and watched sports center. And, and I thought when they had called me to work here, they were going to put me on sports there. I said, "Oh no. no, we got something special planned for you. You're going to hit the road uh, and coach and, and, and you know, work 40 weeks during the school calendar doing high school features. But I, I love that too.
6: And I yeah. I, th- I think the one I remember is when you featured Emmett Smith. Yeah. For some he was reason. was the first
10: like- football player we profiled at Pensacola Escambia. Yeah. And he, he became kind of like a, a lifelong acquaintance. It was, it was very cool.
6: All right, so um, the the game plan tonight. Um, now, when do you get the envelope?
10: It's the same as usual. Uh, I don't want to know ahead of time. Okay. Nobody on the show knows who wins. You just don't want to have that. But the commercial break before the announcement is made, um, I do get the results then because sometimes there's been a lot of suspense and you just don't want to be caught completely off guard because in case the guy gives a short speech, I have to step in there for the interview. So you want to let your eyes kind of look at the page and see what's going on with the voting. So in that break before the announcement, I'm not on camera in that segment until after their name is read. Then I find out.
6: The biggest question you have tonight, aside from who's going to win, is is what? <laughs> well, I have my stress ball
10: here. I haven't needed it yet, but I <laughs> my, my biggest <laughs> concern is we all do the, everything's on a screen like you and I are right now. But you just want everything to be buttoned up technically. You know, all all these guys, you know, for a minute here, my biggest concern until I read something this morning was that Nick Saban's practice was going to run into our show because plan A, nobody knows this, but plan A for Alabama was to have Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, and the rest of the Tide practicing for the championship game right up until about 6 central 7 eastern when this show starts i'm thinking are these guys going to like are they going to have time to towel off after practice are they going to come in sweats so they you you know Devontae smith's a sharp dressed dude he wears these tailored suits the bow ties that's how he goes to the games and i thought can you let the guy and put a suit on and matt can can you let him at least dress up because it's weird to be practicing for the ultimate game and have this potential life moment for one of them be like minutes away. But I, I was told this morning they moved practice earlier. I don't know what it took to make that happen, but now these guys can chill. They, I know they're going to be there on time. So that's, that was my biggest worry.
6: Is Sabin going to join you? Yes. He'll be
10: part of the show as will Dan Mullen and, and, uh, and, and dabble Sweeney, the coaches and the families, you know, the two players whose seasons are over Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Trask. It's a very different deal. You know, they, they can have their family there, the coaches. It's going to be a, at their team locations, but it's a different vibe than two guys who are still in the quarter sort of the Alabama bubble of getting ready for the game uh, next Monday.
6: And you've been doing this such a long time. We love to hand out that Heisman in September. We love at the like <laughs> beginning of October and you know I, I came in I forget how many weeks ago and I said Devontae Smith is the best player on any football field that that he plays on. I don't know if he's going to win the Heisman, but he, to me, is the difference maker for that team. But, you know, I, I it's when you start to handicap this, what do voters see and what, they, what should they be looking for? So let me ask you that. What should you look for in a Heisman candidate?
10: Well, it's simple. It says most outstanding player in the ballot, right? But that's open to interpretation. For me, I always look at you know, what would the team be like if that guy weren't there? What, what would he what would it mean if he was out you know and I, I think we, we saw with Lawrence what it meant for Clemson for example I don't know where Florida would be without Kyle Trask but it, it, it wouldn't have been in a New Year's Six Bowl game battling Bama for SEC championship down to the final couple possessions that's for sure and then the Alabama guys you have to judge you know there's the offense is so good mm-hmm. I mean we're having this conversation are they as good as LSU last year which I think is the best college offense I've ever seen I mean you, you Smith Jones and Harris and that offensive line that Jones stays pretty clean in the pocket a lot, but you know, you said something about Devontae Smith and I think it's interesting, Dan, and in this year that's been so different where the rules are just basically tossed out. I think there is more momentum for voters to look beyond the usual quarterback stats and say, first of all, Smith has, has amazing stats as a receiver. I mean, phenomenal stats, every good team they faced, no matter what they threw at him, he was off the charts. And the better the DB he's across from, the more he embraced the challenge of figuring out a way to beat that guy. And so I I think there's, you've seen lots of people endorse him. Lots of guys have said, you know, DeMonte Smith is the best player. Maybe this is a year to do that. I don't know if that's the way the voting's going to go. But I think people would consider him a slight favorite at this point because there's been that late season momentum you talked about.
6: What is it, 800? Voters? More than 900. Nine, yeah. 900 voters. Yeah. More they voted. Now,
10: people think they didn't vote after the after these bowl games, okay? They voted after the conference championship games. That didn't change. So you can't factor in what you saw on New Year's Day and, and the other bowl games.
6: Yeah, because if you did, then Devontae Smith's your Heisman Trophy winner, right?
10: Well, it certainly would have hurt the case for Lawrence and Trask, I'll say that. Well, the Bama guys just kept rolling. I mean, Smith had three more touchdowns against Notre Dame. That doesn't count. Yeah. In, in the voting or how we statistically evaluate, but those guys, I, I don't think that Heisman should ever be given out after the playoff anyway. You, you you can't make it an award that's that's tilted that much toward the guys who had, you know, the final award. That to me is, you'll never have a guy winning off a non-playoff team if you did that.
6: He's Chris Fowler. He'll uh, be hosting tonight for the 27th straight year. Chris hosting the uh, one-hour telecast on ESPN, the Heisman Trophy ceremony. It starts at uh, 8 Eastern. Uh well, whenever Nick Saban wants to start it seven Eastern seven Eastern, okay, I got eight Eastern here. Do you?
10: Well, tune in is seven. Yeah, tune in at seven. Yeah, in at okay, seven. okay.
6: <laughs> let me change that. Seven Eastern national title game eight Eastern. Yes. Okay. Yes. Or whenever Saban wants to show up for tonight's <laughs>
1: tonight's uh, ceremony,
6: as you we move forward. Hopefully, we get back to whatever normal is calling a game. You know, Herbie called you know last week from home. Does the pandemic, as we move forward out of it, does it change broadcasting in, you know, games, you know, on site? I hope not.
10: I mean, i enjoyed being on site for a lot of years, and there's an experience that's special. A lot of the stuff that is fun about the job, I'm I'm the last one to whine, believe me, but the contact with the coaches and players in person hasn't been there. You don't get to watch practices. Everything is a screen. Everything is reading in the booth. You know everything is a screen. You can't have a spotter near you. Can't have a stats guy near you. That's all the COVID protocols. So everything is a source, right? You just look at all these screens, like your air traffic control. You miss a lot of the human contact. Our crew can't meet, you know, in a room. Everything is a Zoom meeting, and I, I miss I miss that contact a lot. I mean, I don't like the idea of having to call play by play off a TV screen. We're going to be doing that the yeah, Australian Open because of all the complications of going to Melbourne at this point, we're going to be doing oh, wow. tennis off the of TV. I, I know a lot of guys have done great work. A lot of my colleagues have not been uh, able to go on the road and call games. So they, they, they call these games Rennie games. I don't know why they're called Rennie, but that, that means where they everybody's kind of virtually. Dan, there's, there's teams that have done football games this college football season. The guys have not met each other. Play-by-play and analysts have never met if they're calling games from their respective homes. Like Kirk and I, this is our 25th season together. So it helps when he's in Nashville, I'm in the booth to have that kind of oh chemistry that of built up over a quarter century.
6: I was wondering in um the the hit on Justin Fields, like what kind of information can you get? Uh would it have been different if if everybody was in person and they, you know that because I don't know if there was ever a medical update on Justin Fields with that hit.
10: Oh, you mean what What? What's, what he might have sustained? We, yeah. we were told that they, they got the, the uh, x-ray room ready at halftime. So you're thinking, oh, they're going to go look at his ribs. But it wasn't for him. He didn't get x-rayed and he, he admitted after the game, he took a couple of injections or at least an injection, which you need to get through the pain because you saw how he was grimacing there when he got hit. In I thought, I thought, oh, my God, that's broken ribs or maybe they'd have checked for a kidney injury. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, they're not saying what the injury is. I mean, Justin didn't attend the interview sessions that we had set up and that the CFP had set up yesterday. Maria Taylor was supposed to talk to him. He didn't make that appointment. So, obviously, that sort of raises concerns. I mean, Ryan Day says he expects him to play. I would certainly hope so. But, you know, there's going to be a certain amount of cloak and dagger before the championship game. And they're not getting down there till maybe the day before. So, you're not going to have eyes on many practices, if any uh, to check that out. But I, you know, God, he's got play. <laughs> he just has to play.
6: Is Herbie going to be on site with you? Yes. <laughs> That's the plan. I mean, <laughs> hey,
10: Dan, this is hour to hour, brother. I mean, I know. Yes, <laughs> but he, he will have cleared protocol. He is going to be on site. I, I don't want to do a championship game. Oh, I hope I'm on site, man, I got, I probably got, I don't know what, like two, three more tests. I got a passport before I get in the booth. I've had
6: 54 this year.
10: If you're counting 54 COVID tests.
6: Are you 54? No. <laughs> I am undefeated. The undefeated, but I'm not, I'm
10: doing all humility. I'm not, I'm not doing the victory dance. I'm not yeah. spiking the ball in don't the be zone, taunting. Dan, until the I, I,
6: I don't, I don't want to, you know, flag you for, uh, you know, taunting.
10: It's the announcer jinx. You just, you just gave it to me. <laughs>
6: uh, while I have you, the, uh, Steve Sarkeesian situation here, uh, how does that affect Alabama in the national title game? But what do you think of the hire for Texas?
10: Well, I I think Stark will handle his business calling plays and he better. He has to, and you, you couldn't take him out of the equation. I was talking to Smith and Jones as part of my prep and, you know, they were, they were relieved that he was going to stay on and, and call the plays. You cannot disrupt that engine at this moment. I mean, guys have done it before, but he's the play caller. He's a huge part of that. And, you know, him, him matching wits with Ohio state's defense is is a big part of the game. Texas is a really hard job. You got to be a politician. I've talked to Mac Brown who was, you know, the most successful coach there post Daryl Royal. And you have to navigate your way through some very murky choppy waters. Everybody in Texas who's the trustee down there gives a bunch of money. They all want to be Jerry Jones Jr. And they want to have a say in the program. There's a lot of stuff to deal with, but beyond coaching football. And I hope Sark um, can manage all that stuff because man, he can, he can call plays and he's a good recruiter. And, and I'm, I'm happy to see him. You know, he's had he's had two sort of like redemption trips back to Tuscaloosa with Saban. And I, I think he's, I, I feel, uh, I like him a lot. And I feel for what he's had to go through off the field. And I, I hope that part of uh, his life is conquered forever. And, and I hope he has great success in Austin.
6: He's uh, Chris Fowler tonight at 7 Eastern, the uh, Heisman Trophy ceremony. And then 8 Eastern on Monday night, the national title game. Who did you vote for, by the way? I'm not gonna tell you oh, okay. You know, right. right. Mike, my, my bad. I'm,
10: 20, I'm 27 or no, and not revealing my vote. Can you imagine? I mean, and this for once they're not in the same room. But I'm, you know, you can't you can't say who you voted for, and then go out there
6: and host the show. Come on, but good try. Okay. I mean, I think I'm oh uh, and 27. <laughs> Who'd you vote for? You, you have a vote? Yeah, I voted. Okay. But I'm not and allowed to tell. tell.
10: Oh yeah, that's right. You're not, no one's supposed to tell, actually. Right? You're sworn to secrecy. I think it they could come and take your ballot away, right?
6: Well, they did ask, you know, because I do, you know, tell people on the show because I said, you know, hey, I watch a lot of football. I take this it's a great honor to vote and uh, mm-hmm. you know, that you sh-. I I almost got into a fight. This a Heisman fight with Craig Sager years ago in Miami <laughs> outside the Clevelander Hotel. <laughs> okay, so we both have beers in our hands and uh I said to Seger how disappointed I was in the Heisman voting because a freshman should be able to win. Adrian Peterson, to me, I thought, deserved the Heisman trophy. Okay? So three minutes later, we're, we're, we're nose to nose. We're going to fight over Adrian Peterson uh, should he win the Heisman trophy. Paulie had to jump in. <laughs> True story. Sager and I were gonna throw down oh, over Adrian man. Peterson.
10: I'm just I'm just picturing you and Sager probably had a plaid sport coat on, uh with beers at the corner of Tenth and Ocean, ready to throw down yeah. about a Heisman boat. Yes. I just...
6: Yeah. I I and I think his what what color was uh was that salmon colored jacket? Fuchsia. fuchsia. He had a fuchsia <laughs> colored jacket on. He's a big guy. Could you imagine police showing up? Uh, what's uh, what's the argument about? Adrian Peterson? Oh, <laughs> As you were, go ahead. You guys can throw down.
10: I've seen plenty of beer fueled fights at that exact location. I spent many years <laughs> in Cleveland, or my friends used to own that place, and that that was a that was a hangout. But that's a great memory. You get oh, visual picture. You give me. Thank you for that, Dan.
6: Uh, have fun tonight, as always, Chris. We appreciate your time and good luck on uh, Monday night as well. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That's was great uh, Chris Fowler, seven Eastern Heisman Trophy tonight. He'll be awarding that, and then uh, Monday the national title game starts at eight Eastern. Back with your phone calls right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
2: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season.
6: Dunder Mifflin, the family, has a new home. The Office streaming now exclusively on Peacock. You want to know every quote or you're a newbie to Scranton, you can stream every episode again and again and again. Sign up at PeacockTV.com and stream it now. Brent in Alabama. Hey, Brent, what's on your mind?
8: Hey, guys. I enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. Sorry, I just got done with a jog in South Alabama.
1: All right. And, um, hey, so, uh, okay, Eagles.
8: I think maybe we need to take Coach Peterson at face value. Maybe he really did think he was making the best decision to win the game. Maybe he he figured out what Coach Saban figured out against Georgia in the national title game. And that is that Jalen Hurts, Oh he's a good kid, great guy, great athlete, he is not the difference maker you need. When it's a short field, third and long, you got to throw somebody open. He's limited.
6: All right. I know. I know. <laughs> I Brent, I I I get it, and thanks for the phone call. Um, but you're replacing him with Nate Sudfeld, not to a Tonga So that's the flaw in, in your argument. Yeah, McLeod.
5: You have to give that guy credit. I've heard a million theories on oh, this I know. That's the first time I oh, heard I that know. one.
6: Like, oh, okay, Jalen Hurts, uh he's used to being replaced because he was replaced in the national title game.
5: But that he replaced Tua in another game, right? Didn't he come back in one game and save his butt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think so.
6: Yeah. Uh, Let me see. What else do we have here? Uh, Phil in Indiana.
8: Hey, Phil. Hey, Dan, always great to be with you. Happy uh, Bladed New Year. Um, You know, I looked, when you look at the best job opening, Dan, I wanted to get your thoughts. To me, I know everybody's going crazy over Jaguars because they get Lawrence. But I'm looking saying it's it's got to be the Chargers. You've got Justin Herbert, who has proved to me that he can be an NFL quarterback. Lawrence, from what I saw in that Ohio State game, Dan, I, I don't know. I mean, I know that everybody said it can't miss guy, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts because Lawrence showed some, I think, a chick in the armor there in that game.
6: Well, I don't think he had the weapons that he's had the previous couple of years there. But thank you, Phil. Always great to hear from you. Doesn't it sound crazy if I would have said at the beginning of last year or right after the draft, by the way, you're going to have football fans who would rather be coaching Justin Herbert than maybe Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, because that's what's happening right now. They, they, you know Both jobs are open, and you have football fans who probably think I know what Justin Herbert is. He went out and proved it. He threw for more touchdown passes than any rookie in history. And here's Trevor Lawrence who can't miss. He's supposed to be Elway and Andrew Luck. And now all of a sudden we're going, yeah, but we love potential. And here's results. And do you want the potential of Trevor Lawrence or the results of Justin Herbert? And I think that's an interesting decision. If somebody has to make that, maybe it's urban Meyer, And Urban's going to take Jacksonville, and it's the right situation for him. They do have money. They do have draft picks. Uh, I don't like that the owner is involved with the roster moves, but I'm sure if Urban comes in that they would change that. And you get Trevor Lawrence. West Daniel Jeremiah, former NFL scout, now working for the NFL Network. What job he thinks is best. People want us to have uh, Jake from State Farm on the show, Todd.
8: I think that's a fun idea. It would be great.
6: I could ask him the PED questions.
8: He could be on the juice.
2: It's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.